Welcome to This is Truly News. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Don't do that. How about this? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. Really don't do that. I'm like the welcome wagon. Get it? Wagon my tail for welcomes. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just shut up here. No. Yeah, that'd be good. Try that part. There are bets now all over. This is Truly Land. Wondering, can he actually shut up? Can he? If anyone's got a book going, I'm going to take no. (laughs) Anyway, if you're here, welcome. (laughs) If you're new here, like, subscribe, and follow us. That'd be great. We'd really appreciate that because there are algorithm things that have to happen. That's also why you should comment wherever you find us because it makes us look good to whatever algo and or rhythm they're using. If you have a story that's kind of weird, odd, strange, or has an interesting, interesting take on something, Mm-hmm. Or that you think, you know, Scott could twist into something weird. Um, send it off to TITR at netradio.network. You were almost quiet there. Almost. I tried. Proud of you. I tried. You did. That, that's probably the best you've done. This is True Really News with Scott Combs and Tony Vercanis. All the news you're about to hear is true. Really? As far as you know. Man says he can't even shut up in his sleep. <laughs> that's not that's not untrue. I know. That it's, would make it true then. Uh, what? Okay. It's not, un, it's not untrue. Well, right. Here, let's try it simpler. That's true. I like untrue. Of course you do. I like distrue a little more though. <laughs> I like this unreintrue. <laughs> what? It's been a year of weird, even gross controversies in the world of chess. Remember the guy with the beads up? Yes, yes, don't. And now this. Everyone remembers it. (laughs) The International Chess Federation. There are people in the world now that can't get it out of their head. (laughs) Well, luckily, this guy got it out of his butt. The International Chess Federation find a play, although it did cost him because he happened to do it in a uh, bathtub of a hotel. Yeah. International Chess Federation find a player of 100 euros, about 111 bucks, for wearing sports shoes during a tournament in Uzbekistan. Wait a minute. You can't wear, like, Nikes or New Balance? What's the deal? We're going to go through the story, and it will become clear. Bet not, but go ahead. They made her change them before continuing play. The offender is Dutch player Anna Maya Kazarian. I think I pronounced that right. You're you're of Dutch lineage, is that correct? Sure. Wasn't that a famous? Wasn't Eli? No, that was Kazan. Sorry. Yeah, that's true. Ilya. Who Ilya. she expressed incredulity. I can't even spell incredulity, <laughs> much less say it. <laughs> and in a YouTube video as well, she displayed the canvas Burberry sneakers gifted to her by her sister. She said the way she Burberry. Was treated, Burberry. That's the brand. Yeah. Hmm. She said she was treated by Federation officials that made her feel like a criminal. Well, more like a crook. The Federation known as, well, no, she was Dutch, so it may have been mistranslated. The Federation known as FIDE encouraged made her feel like an animal cracker. You don't know you're Dutch, do you? (laughs) (laughs) The Federation known as FIDE encourages players to dress up for tournament play. And the 23-year-old Kazarian says she thought she was doing just that by wearing the fancy sneakers. As a post at Sports Kita notes, there's some confusion over FIDE's dress code. 
Sneakers are okay, but sports shoes are not. Is that clear? Mm -hmm. Nobody seems to be able to explain the distinction. Thank God Pavel Tregubov, FIDE's technical delegate at the tournament, says the Federation will try to clear up the confusion and revise the dress code. She felt like a criminal. Sorry for that. And I'll loosen the handcuffs. They have to put the ankle chains on her, too, because they were shoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now I got to look up Burberry because that's because there are a couple of kids at church. Yeah. They were very nice dresses. Yep. Right. Yeah. Very well. Hair is gorgeous. Yep. And they have these really cool high tops. All right. I'm good with that. Problem here would be nothing. Thank you. Okay, I've finally come to the end of Michelle's stories. It's only taken 58 weeks. <laughs> and for we all I know, even take, as, we thought it might take 58, but we kept it down to 58. 58. Yeah. Although even as we speak, she's probably finding more. More. Yeah. No. A plague of rats is creating havoc in Tarumba, Queensland, Australia. Ah. Coastal town. In this case, I think it's Caramba. That'd be I, Caramba. Ah, uh, Caramba. But that'd be more Spanish. Ah. Anyway, Horns of Rodents. How do you say Spanish in Dutch? Spanish. Nice. I don't know. I don't even know how to say Spanish in English. I mean, clan. Where was I? Uh, Caramba, Queensland. Hordes of rodents, we call them rats, are chewing on electrical wires and otherwise eating everything in its path. Because, let's be honest, they do. The rats do. And that's not enough. They're also washing up dead in massive numbers, <laughs> creating a lovely beach bouquet. You know, if you can get to them soon enough, you can send them to the Super Deer restaurant in China because they serve 35 varieties of rats. And they have many of them if they could. You know, but then you got to pick out the fresh ones and who's going to go through that? I wonder if they shave the rat before they cook it. I'm not a cat, and I think I've got a hairball stuck right here. Carpentaria Shire Council Mayor Jack Bodden said the stench is quite bad. Well, he told NPR that, so it must be hideous. Yeah, right. But if coastal winds prevail, it is still livable. you got to have the breeze or you're going to die. The rural town isn't alone. Other parts of western Queensland are also enduring the plague of native long-haired rats, whose population exploded. I mean, at least give my hair a cut before you cook them. I'm exactly. Insane. At least trim. The population exploded after copious rainfall boosted plant vegetation across the hundreds of miles in the inland outback. Inland outback. Inland outback. Inland outback. Weird. The long-haired... This reminds me of the old panda story. The long-haired rat eats, shoots, and leaves. <laughs> you can't do that. Oh. Yes, I can. I'm a panda. Look <laughs> and it up. Then, and look it up. Oh, eats, shoots, leaves. All right. Uh, that leaves for the north, seeking more food because, I mean, honestly, that's what rats live for. Yeah, exactly. Uh, researcher Emma Gray of the School of Biology and Environmental Science at Queensland University of Tech told NPR, like an army, the mass of rats also has a very effective and, well, literal force multiplier. We call it oogity boogity. Yes, Gray says they can produce 12 young every three weeks when conditions are right. So, yes, the rats are busy and busy. 
It's not unusual for thousands of visitors to descend on Corumba because that's what they are. They're, it's a coastal town. People come for the the gray nomads, they call them. So yeah. it'd be like Arizona. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Retirees arrive in their campers and their RVs, and they get to watch, you know, you get the gorgeous view of the ocean. You can do some fishing, just kind of lay back and relax. But the alarms were raised earlier this year, back in July, when a Carpentaria official informed the Shires Council that the public have reported an increased number of rats and mice. I believe the mice are probably rat slaves. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen the cartoons. Yep, yep. I've seen the great mouse detective. I know how that works. We need to get Splinter out there to take care of a few things. The council considered Splinter's. A, yeah, he's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the council considered creating a, a fact sheet about the meeting minutes dubbed a rat plague. According to resident John Jensen, they come in waves. They also seem almost seem trained and organized. I mean, they're in numbers, mate, and they swim around in the rivers like little puppy dogs. By the way, don't send your puppy dogs out there because you never know. And everywhere they go, what do rats do? They eat, eat everything in sight. They eat and eat. And when they're, he said, <laughs> Jensen goes, they're hangry. They've swum oh. a long way. They've come across land a long way, and they're eating anything and everything they can get their little tiny paws on. Mm. Rats destroyed a car by attacking its wiring at Derek Lord's rental business in Normanton, which is near Corumba. The rodents were so bold, he said, they broke into a duck cage and stole the eggs. So it's more of a rat gang, I'm thinking. Those rat bastards. You can't even... Had to be done. You can't even escape them out of the water. Rats have been scampering up anchor chains of charter and fishing boats. One commercial fisherman has been seeing at least 100 rats a night on his boat. Now, if you picture Queensland topography... With a river system that twists its way to the northern coast, yep, it funnels the rodents towards the shore. And, I mean, whether they're championship swimmers, so if they're dead or alive, hordes of them get to Carumba, which is a fishing and port community. And it's always lovely to have so many rats when you're living off tourism. Right. According to Mayor Bodden, the rats hit the Norman River and just start swimming where the tide and currents take their huge numbers. Being hardy little buggers, a good number of them reach Carumba. Once they've arrived, there's little anyone can do to curtail the plague. Traps have been set up, said the mayor. But in the face of such multitudes, the measure really is just a token gesture. Was it a futile? What they say in, in Animal House? gesture? Oh, that yeah. I don't know. Uh, eh, it'll come to me long after we're done recording. Okay. The best the government can do, said the mayor, is to sweep bodies of rats away to keep walkways and boat ramps back passable wouldn't you love that job yeah that's what do you do for a living i sweep rats dead rats yeah if i find a live one i let him go animal control ranger phil grieve has been collecting dead rats by the hundred that's how many they can fit in (laughs) into a disposal bag 100 rats fit into a disposal bag said first day i got 18 not rats 18 bags oh 1800 rats according to gray the long-haired rats arrive in cycles the phenomenon is a natural process, he said, she said, sorry, and occurs at irregular intervals ranging from three to 17 years because, well, they're rats. They don't really keep a calendar. Oh, they're, so this is this is kind of a normal thing. It shows up. Yeah. The it last large and it goes away. Last large rat migration. Yeah. According to Gray was about 12 years ago. 
but records of them go back, she says, centuries as quickly as the rats erupt or boom in numbers. Mm -hmm. So, too, comes the decline or bust. Well, I would think any rat predators would do very well for a while. The decline is linked to several factors. Yep. Change to drier conditions. Yep. The ever popular rat inbreeding. Oh, yeah. disease because rats are you know so cleanly mm -hmm. and predators so for instance feral cats get chubby predatory birds like uh left-wing kites left letter-winged oh sure the poor right-wing kites are starving <laughs> letter-wing kites black-shouldered kites and eastern barn owls if they're not in somebody's tree in the united yeah, states exactly long-haired do you know what the long-haired rat's alternate alternate name is? Uh, is the plague Beatles. rat. Plague rat. Oh, yuck. Bring out your dad. <laughs> Even the first, in Australia. First Monty Python reference of the week shows up see? on Friday. Nice. Thank you. The The rat's confer. Now, this is Australia, right? And we yeah. all know that there are certain countries that are very... They're not overly conservative. Right. The rat's conservation status is it's under the listing least concern. <laughs> you know, you've done yeah. something wrong when you can't even get, you know, a modicum of concern, a tiny bit of concern. No, nope. we don't care. Pull out the bird shot and start shooting. Find lots of cats and let them go. This from History Facts. And this is are these actual facts or are you making these up? Nope, this one is true. This is very really? interesting. Disney yeah, did it again there. Disney, true, really? Yeah, we have, I, you are so clever. No. Disney devotees may be familiar with the 1958 Donald Duck Christmas special from all of us to all of you. No. You don't you don't remember it? Mm-mm. Well, we were born it, in 58, remember? Right. We grew up in 58, probably die in 58. <laughs> Like, oh, at, at the age old. of 58. Right. Anyway, nobody has seen it as much as your average Swede. The special first. I feel like I should apologize. but You ready? The special first aired in Sweden at 3 p.m. on December 24th, 1959. Okay. And celebrating. We were a little young and not Swedish, so it's kind of. Right. And celebrating Christmas Eve with the temperamental waterfowl quickly became one of the country's signature holiday traditions. No. So it'd be like Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. That's what it's stuff. It's, Christmas. It's, a, it's the Great Pumpkin, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, right. Slaughterhouse Five. Die Hard. <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. They keep telling me that. Known in Sweden as Kala Anka och Hans Vanner Oskar Gadjul. I got to ask. Could you translate that? I have no freaking clue. Somebody named Oscar is doing something with Jewel? I don't know. Gadjul okay. is good Christmas or good Jewel. Sure? Time. Yes. I know that for a fact. How sure are you? Um, On a scale of one to nine. One two? Maybe a what? three? Plaid or paper. Oh, well, if you're up, if you're at plaid or higher, that's okay. Yeah. It translates to Donald Duck and his friends wish you a Merry Christmas. The special airs on SVT1, the main public television channel, and is presented by a host playing Walt Disney. It's also slightly different each year, 
as a contractual obligation requires SVT1 to include a snippet from the Mouse House's latest film. Of course if, they do. Yeah, right? If you're wondering how Kale Anka became so popular in the first place, it's partially explained by the fact that Sweden had only two TV channels at the time. They're up to four now? Who knows? Christmas was the only time... Might Swedes be optimistic. Could, Christmas was the only time Swedes could get a dose of Disney. Well... You see what's happening here. See, nowadays, that's not bad. Right. Traditions have a way of sticking, and Kala Anka is frequently the most watched program of the year. So they 14. have... What? Generations. Yep. Who have watched this. Yep. Of course, we have generations and have shared it with our grandkids of Charlie Brown Christmas, well, I, Stole I, Christmas. I have given gifts of Firefly. And that's, that's not, not a Christmas the, movie. I know, no. but I watch it about every year. Although if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, maybe. Maybe Firefly knows? should be a it Christmas might, movie. It would be better than, yeah. 40% of the country tunes in during an average year. In 1997, more than half the population did. They also tend to do... What happened in 97? I don't know. <laughs> I can't think it was there some kind of, I don't know, plague? <laughs> Maybe. They also tend to do so sans distractions. In Sorry? 2016, cell phone data usage dropped by 28% while the show was on. No second screen. I like them Kalanaktas or Alakar canker. Hang on. Either, either way, I'm amazed. I don't know how you say that in Dutch. I think it's I'm amazed. I'm amazed. That be that's painful and looks more French. Uh, Drop your rifle. Say good night, Gracie. Good night, A Gracie. boy. This is true. Really news. Send email to titr at netradio.network.